Hi, and welcome to Forest of the Future, the podcast series where we look into how innovation in FSC can help save our forests. We all know that forests play a key role in combating climate change and the biodiversity crisis that we're facing. In this series, we explore how innovation, especially within tech tools, but also more broadly, can help us protect our forests and support the mission of FSC, which is to ensure responsible management of our forests worldwide. In this episode, we will start a small series of three podcasts, which will focus on the newly launched FSC Global Strategy. Today's episode is also a bit different from other episodes that you may have listened to in the past because much of the content you will be listening to today isn't an interview done by me. Instead, it's the audio from the launch event about the strategy held on December 9, 2020. In today's episode, we will focus on how data and technology will help FSC bring the global strategy goals to life and make them a reality. But first, let's spend just two minutes on diving into what those goals actually are. Currently in 2020, FSC has roughly 220 million hectares certified to FSC standards. This was achieved over a period of more than 25 years. The aim of the strategy is that by 2026, in just five years, FSC must increase this amount to 300 million hectares to be certified or otherwise covered by FSC solutions. Inside this overall area, FSC will double the certification of natural tropical forests and areas managed by smallholders and communities or indigenous peoples to a total of 50 million hectares. The rationale behind these goals is that by achieving these results, FSC solutions will indisputably have helped to halt deforestation, grow the world's forest area and improve its quality. To accelerate in this way means that FSC will, under the new strategy, also develop new solutions for forest conservation, as well as restoration of degraded or converted areas into more natural conditions. In this way, FSC will contribute to addressing the global goals and challenges, including the UN Sustainable Development Goals, the Paris Agreement, and the post-2020 biodiversity framework. And what does all of this then mean? Well, the strategy has three different pillars. Strategy one, to co-create and implement forest solutions. And the text that describes this is, we will invigorate certification to drive the spread of forest stewardship by making it attractive, usable, and viable for potential users. We will protect our integrity and demonstrate impacts through using modern technology, and together with our members and partners, we will co-create solutions for forest-related challenges. Strategy 2. Transforming Markets We will foster market uptake of FSC to drive outcomes on the ground and greater value for certificate holders, supporting the shift to a bio-based and low-carbon circular economy. Through improved data and powerful communications, we will highlight the social, environmental and economic value and benefits of FSC certified forests and their products and services. We will work with market actors to enhance and satisfy demand for certified products and services, focusing on sectors with the greatest opportunity for impact. And finally, strategy three, catalyze change. Following up on increased efforts in the past few years, we will work 
with diverse organizations and stakeholders to increase the recognition of the value of benefits of forests and FSC's role as the most credible validation for forest stewardship. We will expand and invigorate our partnerships and alliances as efficient ways to contribute to global agendas and boost results on the ground. We will deliver on a mission, create results that matters to our members and partners, and seek opportunities in the broader landscape where we can achieve results without increasing the burden of the FSC system and our certificate holders. Well, that's a bit of a mouthful, but as you can also hear, there's a lot of data, there's a lot of integrity, and there's a lot of technology in all of these three strategies. That was just the top line aim and goals for 2021 to 2026. And perhaps you're wondering how FSC is going to pull that off? Who better to ask than some of the persons who actually helped come up with them and shape them? I'll let John Ramsey, who was the facilitator of the launch event, introduce our two guests today. Quick reading of the new global strategy reveals a strong emphasis on the use of technology, not only to streamline operations, but also in the use of data as a valuable tool in itself. So to discuss this aspect, we've invited Michael and Rika to join us. Michael, as you perhaps all know, leads FSC's technology, innovation and digital transformation programs. He's joined by Enrica Pocari, who is Chief Information Officer and Director of Technology of the World Food Programme. But Michael, I know you want to introduce Enrica at greater length. Thank you, John. It's really wonderful to be a part of this launch event for the, the FSC strategy, um, Global Strategy 2021-2026. And I'm honored to discuss the importance of data today, as John described it, with Enrica Porcari. Enrica, was part of our external advisory group on the global strategy. And she is a leader and mentor in the field of information technology and, and works with data and leads uh, humanitarian and international organizations and has led them in becoming more empowered and driven by data and digital innovations. Um, one thing that strikes me particular about Enrica is that she's always adamant about the importance of technology and connecting them to people. Um, and she's highly regarded in that way as an advocate for digital innovations that directly support and connect people to improve their lives. Welcome, Enrica. Thank you, thank you, Michael. And thank you um, for giving me the opportunity to contribute uh, to this strategy and for presenting it today. As you said, you know, I'm not just uh, um, kind of a traditional technologist. I actually come from a, a social science background and I used to be a forester. So, um, you know, an invitation to be part of the FSC process to design a new strategy was an incredible welcome opportunity. So it's, it's been great, but I can tell you about what we do at WFP. Maybe we'll do that in a little bit. What I like to do right now is to actually turn the floor back to you, Michael, because as an external advisor, I've had the you know the honor to contribute. We actually put back, you know, digital data technology as one of the essential pillars of the strategy, but then you'll be leading the implementation. And I've heard through the, through the launch that there's been somehow a plea for bringing it down to realities. What is it going to do for me? What is it? How is it going to change? What are, how are we going to measure the successes that we are, that we expect to have? So maybe if I can turn it the other way for you is that what are the, you know, what are the pains you're going to address for your, for your membership? And, and what are some of the opportunities that you can help the members embrace through, the, through a more 
widespread use of uh, technology in the new strategy? Wow, that is that is a big question. For me, that that really goes into probably two main areas of the strategy for enhancing the verification and integrity of our outputs, our impacts and supply chain integrity, but also unleashing the power of data to demonstrate positive outcomes. And what you said right now about measurability is exactly it. And in fact, today, data is the way that we answer questions. And, you know, when we look for measurable impact, it's something that information technologies and data, that's what their job is today. And in the end, what it means is something for those stakeholders, something for those people, something that says, I'm part of the FSC system and I can actually demonstrate the impact that my part of the FSC system has. Um, so there's also another aspect of this strategy that talks about our convening power as FSC, but also this wanting to be or need to be more broad than the forest area of an FSC certified forest. And this co-creation, but also being a part of a global agenda. So FSC with certification as a very strong tool, but also being part of a broader forest landscape and in those global benchmark agendas that are important for the, the world's forest. So there are a couple of things that strike me from this strategy that try to you know, answer some of your questions. And one is that certification is not enough in the global context. And certification though can be something that is not just a standalone tool, but something that's part of the global context. And so what I would like to hook in on is very important to answer these questions about data and the importance and really demonstrating value and impact through FSC. Are we going to be able to be more open? Is this cor the correct way? I think that data can start answering some of these questions, but that overall concept of being more open, that's something that I think in terms of where we are today, we must be more open with the data. Why? We encourage better research to be done. If we can make certification data and more rich certification data available to researchers and those that we're trying to co-create with, then we actually can uh, create new solutions for our world for, worlds for us. In the last five years, we've done a lot of building block work. And I think in technology, that's exactly what we've done. We have very good talent now in IT, capacity in IT, and very important technology partnerships that can help us handle the, the super highway of data that we, we face today. Um, but also some of the concrete things that start ha helping to answer, how can you deliver results and value to the certificate holders? How can you prove and verify impacts? We've started some of that groundwork and I think that's some of the most important things that really start answering these questions. So just to name a few, FSC has long aspired to use geographic information systems. We've, with our launch just over a year ago of FSC on the map with over 50% of certified forest, this shows the real potential of knowing where the forests are, but also zooming out to see the, the broader forest context. 
that is exactly what this strategy is about. And we're starting to set ourselves up and those building blocks are essential to really take it to a new level. Um, I think also the our impacts dashboard, I think that one of the you know fundamental goals of this strategy on impact data being captured and translated into robust data, you know, it's difficult to see and capture some of these social impacts. We're starting to see where we can see these outcomes of empowerment or well-being or access to land resources and improved living conditions of people. But what this means, if we really want to measure impact and measure it in, in a way that we can see the pathway of impact, we need to start measuring impacts in a way that measure outcomes as they, as they occur and which can be attributed to something that's in FSC in terms of a policy, a standard, a new improvement of a standard or a specific engagement. Um, so I think that, 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 you know, with that, tools are going to be important to bring that back to around circle so that certificate holders will be able to say that very thing, I'm certified and I have the proof of why the impact is so fundamental and profound. Michael, um, very, sorry, Michael, if I, yeah. I mean, this is, uh, it's clear from a solution perspective, it's important that then the certificates are are enriched with better data so they become more meaningful. Yeah. But I saw um, questions around the, the transparency, the credibility of the certification, but also I think quite importantly, one of the questions was about the cost effectiveness uh, of, the, of the certification. So I, I think I'd like to explore with you a bit, how can right. the new strategy support this, which are, again, these are real pains that are being felt, which opportunities can yeah. be offered. Absolutely. And I mean, Enrica, we, if we look at earth observation, geographic information, you can say there's a cost aspect to that. However, what is the, on the other side, what benefit can a certificate holder have that could actually lower the cost? We can see that if we use earth observation and GIS technology, we can do a lot of the groundwork that an auditor does on the ground for a length of time potentially even shorten those times and make it even more targeted and useful for the, the audits, for example. Um, so many of these things do have a cost element and that's absolutely in the, in the formula here. We need to understand what the cost element is, but many times having better efficiency, better information, better decision uh, making power enables you to actually lower cost in a, in a profound way. Absolutely. And I think it not only reduce costs, but add value for the certificate yeah. holders. I think part value for them themselves and for the global, kind of the global public goods. Because one of the questions was um, about communications, but I think more than communication, maybe it was about the sharing. So you collect data, you use it for your own benefits, but then how are you going to, what is going to be your strategy, your plan to actually be able to share for others to co-create with, you know, how are you going to contribute this type of data to others with, to lower somehow your costs, but also to increase the, the value proposition across the whole uh, community? Well, I think this is something that we've already started with, with this um, FSC on the map. You know, the idea that it would be costly, that it would be difficult to, to get out on a public map even, um, 
we overcame that by actually just offering a voluntary mechanism that has very good compliance, privacy, um, licensing involved. And that was an open repository that we did that in. And we were able to get so much out of that and the value and even certificate holders. They're the ones that were saying, we're already innovating using uh, geographic information systems for our forest management. So they said, yes, we can provide the maps. Yes, we want to be transparent. And we found a, quite a balance and, and achieving over 50%, I think is, is impressive actually. But I think that overall to the question that we need to be able to collect data, ensure that the right privacy is there and the right quality is there, but put it out in terms of make it available for those who would benefit most. We've also started this, and I didn't mention this, but we've started a new programmatic access to certificate data. We have so many certificate holders saying, we build tools based on certificate data and we're manually entering it into our, into our tools. Can you connect us in? And so we've started down that road in what's called an API or an application interface into our certificate data. So. There are ways to do this. The technology is there. And in fact, Enrica, I would ask you to look at the WFP side. I mean, some of this may seem like a dream in some aspects, but you've been leading digital transformation in WFP. What do you see the value of this work and what kind of lessons can you bring us? Because I know technology is fundamental to doing anything in WFP. Yeah, and some of the work that we do, not really similar to FSC, but maybe by sharing some of our experiences and some of our lessons that could be useful to, as you bring your own uh, strategy down to the level of uh, uh, collecting data, putting data all in one place where it makes sense, being able to provide entrance for others to contribute data, be able to make better decisions. So let me tell you a little bit about our own environment. Some of you may know that the World Food Program is a humanitarian organization that works in many different countries in emergencies and in uh, uh, sustainable development uh, projects. We run uh, an airline, uh, we run a shipping agency, um, we run um, uh, a hotel chain. Um, I mean, it's, it's a massive logistics operation, it employs over 20,000 people in 80 countries. We serve over 90 million beneficiaries um, every year. So. What we needed to do, we needed to, at the way that the, the rate that we were growing and engaging more and more people, we needed to find a way to manage our business better. We needed to know where our food was and also where it was coming from. So we used technology like, like blockchain technology to look at some of the provenance of some of the foods that we were buying. So to make sure that if there was an, an issue with some of the quality of the food that we were buying uh, for distribution to our beneficiaries, uh, we could, you know, locate back where he, where he was coming from. Yeah, and again, you know, some of the things that could be lessons learned for interesting use cases for you, looking back where some of the timber comes from, you know, the, the provenance issue. Um, a technology that needed to be trusted, needed to be fast, um, so for that, we, we use blockchain technology. Uh, we also needed to establish a one-to-one -one relationship with our beneficiaries. Uh, we have over 60 million of our beneficiary who entrusted their identities with us. We know who they are. We know what their food preferences are. We know what their food needs are. We also know if they're going to school. So we, we start building, you know, a relationship with the people that we serve. 
so that we can serve them better. We know whether they need food or whether they could uh, use cash so that they can buy food from the local market. And therefore, we're trying to support uh, local markets. So we, at the same time, we had to give them a bank account. Or if they didn't have a bank account, we need to empower them with a mobile phone to have mobile money. So you see, the, the realm of possibility grows exponentially once you start leveraging technology. So it hasn't been um, an easy path. Uh, because, of course, there is always a bit of a resistance to digitizing um, anything. Um, remember, we started at the, at the World Food Program a few years ago when there wasn't such comfort with the data. There wasn't such comfort with, with digital. We were still very um, uh, young in the, in the data protection and data privacy issues. Again, the trust. But, but I think right now there is much more confidence. There is much more maturity. We can see the results. And I think that also builds a lot of confidence. So I don't have a recipe for how to do it, but I can maybe share with you some of the ingredients that, that helped us. And for me, it starts with the people. You need to have the right people who have the right attitude and approach to technology, where technology is not a solution looking for a question, but is actually is entrusted to people who are able to ask the right questions uh, which then can be turned into a solution through technology. And that's a very big difference because we've seen many times and just technology is going around and being thrown at people and said, but I don't need this. It's like, how is it going to help me? How am I going to lower the cost of certification? How do I have access to a larger community? How can I sell mine? So you need to start really from the, from the problem and address. So very user-centric design to your technology solutions. The second is about partnerships. And we heard about co-creation. The way we look at partnerships is with people who know how to do the job better than we do. I have a large team of very talented technologists. At the core of our work, we are humanitarian workers. And so we don't try to invent ourselves. We leverage partnership with those who know how to do things best. Michael, you and I go back years. And you remember when we had the, with the ESRI, I know that you have a GIS in a partnership with Esri. They have expertise on their side. And sometimes expertise is not even an organization like the World Food Program can afford. So we leverage partnerships for people who want to do good while they do well. The other thing is about trust. You're going to collect data that belongs to individuals for whom that data is very valuable. They need to know that they can trust you. And I think that's important because otherwise they will not share it again. So the trust is a foundational element of any digital strategy, because once you start opening the data, who do you share it with? What are they going to do with it? And so that's uh, very important. So just a few of the ingredients that we have used in our little secret sauce. <laughs> Thank you, Enrica. Very great recipe for success. Some great examples. One of the examples you said was on blockchain. And when I look at our new strategy and I look at the, the necessity to enhance verification and integrity, I think about technology like blockchain. And in fact, we have very deep experience in integrity issues, supply chain integrity, where blockchain is one of those solutions that you say it's not just a buzzword it's actually being used out there so some of your beneficiaries are actually using it in wfp you protect their identity but you're able to allow them to participate this is something that i think is crucial for fsc in terms of enhancing verification and integrity and strengthening supply chain integrity 
these types of technologies are good solutions. We see it time and time again. And I know that it's been done in cocoa and I know it's been done in the World Food Program. And I know that even beyond <clears throat> cryptocurrency, you see blockchain being used because it can protect the privacy. It can allow participation and good verification and traceability. So Absolutely. the traceability, going back to the, con to the questions around audit, that's right. uh, you know, the traceability the, and the, the fact that data cannot be deleted and therefore it can be trusted. Right. It's a transparency, right, Michael? Exactly. Going back to integrity, there, to me, there's something of great value for certificate holders across the supply chain. And that could be also value in lower cost in being very transparent in what you're trading but also having good verification so that you as a certificate holder, and that's from the forest all the way to the shelf, you as a certificate holder can demonstrate and do more than just basic due diligence. You can see that your suppliers are verified, even without knowing the business sensitive information of who they're being supplied by. So having that value, I think, is important. Why we see in, in supply chain integrity investigations, it, it's not only about the bad actors. Those few bad actors that come out in a supply chain integrity investigation are the few. The pain that should be addressed is those who were on the short end of the stick because of what their suppliers did. So here is a great benefit to certificate holders who both at the forest level, who maybe don't get access to market because there's not enough trust of where the supply actually flows through the chain, or on the other side where you're saying, my customers are demanding that we verify the sustainability aspects of these materials. So that stronger proof verified uh, set of information, I think is exactly what this caters for. And it does provide value for all stakeholders across the, the supply chain from forest to shelf. On smallholders, I think that Enrique mentioned we worked together. It wasn't at WFP, even though I did work at, at WFP many, many years ago. We worked together in the CJAR, and I, um, which is a global agricultural research organization. And what I remember learning from that experience is that many times you can reach smallholders who are already using mobile devices, who are using technologies in ways that you can't imagine. And I'll never forget a story on the Facebook farmer. And it's where farmers got together on a, a social media platform to start sharing knowledge, getting benefits from what was coming out of the research and, and what they were doing on the ground. So I think that we don't have to be afraid of technology, we need to be very respectful of the needs of communities, smallholders, indigenous uh, communities in a way that we can reach them with technology, but also that they can gain the benefit of being connected to the FSC system. And if I may add on that, we have a very large smallholder farmer program currently at the WFP as part of our development kind of resilience work. And part of it is it's giving them tools to have better access to market their own assets. It's incredible how empowering these technology tools are. Technology, especially mobile technology, is becoming very pervasive. So it would be a real shame for the FSC to miss this opportunity of actually working more closely with smallholder farmers who not only 
only give them the opportunity to again to access markets, they get empowered when they're part of the they're part of the solution. And this is why it's exciting to see that the strategy really also looks at them as partners in this enterprise. Oh, thank you so much, Enrica. Thank you. Enrica. Let's wrap up thank here while they give each other thank yous and close the session. I hope this gives you a bit of a glimpse into the thinking behind the goals and the strategy about how to use data and technologies as prominent tools to help deliver the strategy and accelerate our impact, as well as increase our coverage quite dramatically. In the next couple of episodes, we will dive into how all of this links into delivering solutions for smallholders and communities and how it can help provide real solutions to climate change. If you are interested in getting much deeper intel on some of the projects that Michael was referring to and not really diving into, I have good news as well. In the upcoming months, we will be sending out update episodes on our blockchain pilot, on the launch of the GIS platform, and on the digitalization of FSC audit data. So just keep following the podcast series and we will have you covered. Until then, if you want to get in touch with us or follow our work, I strongly encourage you to join our LinkedIn group. It's called FSC Digital Innovation and it's open for everyone. You can also always get in touch with me on digitalinput at fsc.org. I'm Laura Worm, and this was Forest for the Future.